Welcome to Season 5 of Ye Old Dragons Library, the storytelling podcast. Each episode this season will be a chapter from the second book in the Enchanted Castle Archives, The Beastly Beauty. In Season 1, our heroine, Ash, was warned multiple times to stay away from the Enchanted Castle, and if she ever saw it coming toward her, to run. Now, she finds the Enchanted Castle, or perhaps more accurately, it finds her. Will prophecy come true? Can she escape when she finds out the truth of Cecil's warning that every castle wants a princess? Listen and find out. Chapter 8 Trouble? Ash asked. We were overrun with a herd of bunnies back in... Erin caught hold of her elbow and nearly stopped her, but Randall was waiting, just inside the doorway, watching them. Just after you left, what did you do to rile the bunnies, who most of us didn't know until then had magic, he added with a grin. I didn't do anything. My friend was falsely accused of bunny crimes and had to run for his life. Hazel sent him with me. She thought we might help each other. And did you? Randall said. He led the way into the castle and turned right to go up a narrow flight of stone steps. He saved my life, and now I look after him, she snorted, and try to keep him out of trouble. They came out onto the landing on the next floor. He led the way to the right, to Lord Diggory's study. Ash fought down the sense of impending doom. When had Lord Diggory ever been unreasonable or unjust? Then again, she had been gone more than two-thirds of the year. There was no telling what changes had occurred what damages might have resulted from the whole Lathia incident. She hoped Winston had listened to Justiciar Camwell and stayed away from Fairhold, although she couldn't imagine the other distant relatives were at all pleased to have him spend even more time in their homes. Dunstan trotted down the corridor from the other direction, his face bright with anticipation. Ash stumbled, startled to see the changes in him. She hadn't been gone that long, but Dunstan seemed older, certainly taller, hardened in some way. Had he spent the summer and early fall going on adventures, preparing for his time of travel next year? Or had something awful happened to age and toughen him? Their gazes met. He nodded politely and hurried into his father's study ahead of Randall. Ash snorted, both amused and a little hurt that Dunstan hadn't recognized her. Ridiculous. Why should he? It wasn't like they had spent much time together over the last handful of years, so he would know her, no matter what changes she had made in her clothes and hair. Father, the courier is here, Dunstan said, as Ash followed Randall into Lord Diggory's office. Well, so soon? Lord Diggory turned from the small window that faced the farmlands, sprawling out beyond the castle to the west. He looked Ash over once, then strode around behind his work table, full of papers and wax tablets and ledgers and pens and ink pots. A gusting sigh escaped him as he settled down into his wide chair. One corner of his mouth quirked up as he swept his gaze over her again. Welcome home, Ashlyn. Dunstan's muffled exclamation and his wide eyes were most gratifying. Ash returned Lord Diggory's grin, feeling as if she had done something that pleased him greatly. 
She was nearly breathless for a few seconds with relief that he wasn't angry on seeing her. Thank you, my lord. Ash? Dunstan settled on a clear corner of the table and shook his head, looking her over. You, you look different. I look like a girl now? She flinched when Randall clapped a hand on her shoulder, then relaxed when he grinned at her, nodded, and turned to leave the study, taking Aaron with him. Sir, I assume Lady Philby's letter reached you? And, saying you were bringing details of the danger facing our family, information she couldn't include in the letter because the story was too long. Lord Diggory settled back in his chair and crossed his hands over his stomach. Should we include my mother? This concerns the whole family, my lord, and many of the servants. Lathia, Lady Lathia, she corrected herself, has fallen into some power and authority, and she is essentially setting out to punish everyone who ever crossed her. That sounds like her, Dunstan said with a snort. We also need to send warning to Justiciar Camwell. The spirit rings he gave us were able to not just hear and watch everything we did, but could look into our thoughts when necessary. Her ring told my ring what Lathia has planned, or at least what the magicians in her service intend to do. Magicians in her service, is it? Lord Diggory nodded, his expression darkening with seriousness. Dunstan, fetch your mother. Ash and I will be in your grandmother's study. That is the most secure place to hold a war council. Dunstan slid off the corner of the table and hurried out of the study. Lord Diggory's smile was weary as he levered himself out of his chair. He led Ash back down the stairs, to cross the entryway and the outer hall, to the tower stairs leading up to Lady Charlotte's study. They were both silent, and Ash caught him watching the various servants they passed. No one showed any recognition in those few seconds when their gazes landed on her, and then she passed them. If they recognized her, they didn't react where she could see or hear. Ash wondered if Lord Diggory would have recognized her if he hadn't been warned by Philby. A tickle of coolness touched the star on her bottom when she was halfway up the final turn of the stairs to reach the tower room. Ash braced herself for a stronger reaction, expecting some sort of guarding ward on Lady Charlotte's door. "'Sir, have you been preparing for attack of some kind? Are there defensive spells through the castle now?' "'Hm? No. Why do you ask?' "'Should we gather defensive spells?' He paused a moment to look over his shoulder at her. "'I'm not really sure. Perhaps we should call in Hazel.' and she can send for magicians or wizards more experienced in these things. I asked because I felt some magic at work. Did you now? He paused with his hand on the latch of Lady Charlotte's partially open door. What amazing things have you done since you were forced to flee, Ashlyn? She's awakening to her inborn magic, I dare say, Hazel said, as she pulled the door open. I thought I felt a disturbance. And yes, I heard you asking. And yes, I have woven a few spells around the castle, mostly as sentinels, to give us warning. She stepped aside as Lord Diggory came into the room and held out her arms to embrace Ash as she came into the doorway. How the child has grown! Didn't I tell you she would come into her own, she added, turning Ash to face Lady Charlotte at her work table. Welcome home, dear girl, Lady Charlotte murmured. She smiled, her pleasure evident but the happy flush couldn't disguise her pallor. Lady Charlotte looked much thinner, 
more frail than she had been when Ash left in the early spring. She didn't get up from her chair, which was filled with cushions that seemed to envelop her. My lady, Ash swallowed down a cry of apology. All she could think was that Lathia's minions had somehow sent some nasty spells ahead of them, already attacking Lady Charlotte. Sentinel spells. Lord Diggory tugged two chairs away from the far wall and brought them up next to Lady Charlotte's table. Why? Lathia was breathing out threats with every other sentence out of her nasty mouth when she finally left, Lady Charlotte said. It only made sense that someone sent out on a quest with a magical overseer and required to investigate magic would stumble into something magical, one way or another, even if it was just a magic mirror to give her advice or let her spy on people from hundreds of miles away. Being Winston's daughter... Lathia would naturally choose some kind of nasty, petty revenge on the people who didn't toady to her every whim. That sounds far too much like her, Lady Beatrice said on entering the room. A delighted smile lit her face. Oh, very well done, Ashlyn. You have thrived, despite that odious quest. Thank you, my lady. Ash bobbed the abbreviated curtsy Philby had taught her that didn't look at all ridiculous in trousers. Seneschal Gilbert followed Lady Beatrice and Dunstan in and stopped in the doorway. My lord, my lady thought that perhaps you would prefer to take dinner here, in private. May I remind you there are no guests at the table? He trailed off as his gaze landed on Ash, and he clearly did not recognize her. No, my lady is right. This is too important to risk gossipy ears hearing. You don't mind, mother, Lord Diggory added, turning to Lady Charlotte. "'How grave is your news, Ash?' she asked, after only a moment of thought. "'I can't be sure, my lady. You all know Lady Lathia better than I do.' "'Wish we didn't,' Dunstan muttered. He winked at Ash. "'But the telling of the tale could take some time,' Ash added, and deliberately didn't look at Gilbert. He made not a sound, but she didn't want to see his expression. "'Gilbert, we will need more chairs.' Lady Charlotte settled back in her chair, wriggling a little to adjust the pillows enfolding her, rested her elbows on the arms of the chair, and her chin on her interlaced fingers. Now, what sort of trouble has that simpering little brat gotten into now? Ash wished, as she went through the tale, that the ring could break through the binding and silencing spells and tell the story himself, not just as proof and verification of what she had to say, but because his droll tone of voice added so much to the telling. She had been practicing what to say, and in what order to deliver the information, and tried to imagine what she would want to know first, if she was hearing the story new. She started by explaining about the spirit rings, how she had made friends with her ring immediately, and how Lathia even now likely didn't know that her spirit ring could hear and see and share with others what went on around her and even what Lathia was thinking. The family verified what the ring had told her about Lathia's last day at the castle, how she had raged and insisted that Ash be forced to serve her on the quest, how she kept insisting that she had done nothing wrong, that the justiciar was being unfair, and the threats she made against the entire family for lying about her. She begged Petrock and Aaron and several older servant boys, the most handsome and strong ones, to accompany her. She insisted they were in love with her, 
and accused several of them of trying to seduce her. She insisted that they all had magic rings that let them walk through walls or turn invisible, when her father, aghast, pointed out that any visitors in the night would have to go through his bedroom to reach Lathia and Lena's bedroom, and besides, he always locked his daughters into their room at night. Hearing that, Lathia had shrieked and accused her father of being as cruel to her as everyone else at the castle, only twice as much. Yes, logic and mathematics aren't her strong suit, are they? Lady Charlotte muttered, when Dunstan finished relaying that last bit of idiocy. Lathia had ridden out of the castle with her two servants, with only her father to see her off. He left when her parting shot was to declare she hated him, and she would make him suffer for being so unfair to her. She had pouted and kicked her horse until the poor creature tried to throw her. Hazel showed mercy on the horse by blowing a sleeping powder into Lathia's face. She had to be tied to her saddle for an ignominious exit. She threatened her own father? What about Lady Lena? Ash asked, shuddering as all sorts of new, horrified thoughts came to her. Oh, she hates her sister, because Lena wouldn't ride with her or call on the maiden warriors to attack Justiciar Camwell and make him set her free, Dunstan reported. Lena just laughed at her and walked away. She stayed here only a few days after Cousin Winston left, and as far as we know, she's staying permanently with the maiden warriors at the chapter house in the capital. We need to warn both of them. Ash wondered if Winston would finally believe the warnings about his daughter's vindictiveness. It was the right thing to do, even if she didn't like the idea of protecting him from what he had certainly brought on himself. Lord Diggory promised they would send warnings. Lady Charlotte remarked that several other relatives had reported that Winston had gotten into arguments with nearly everyone whose homes he visited throughout the year. Quite a few servants, of all ages, at nearly every estate, had finally had the courage to make complaints about Lathia's treatment of them over the last several years. Quite a few relatives notified Winston that he would no longer be a welcome guest in their homes. There are always a few, however, who are even worse backward-minded, arrogant boobies, Lady Charlotte mused, punctuated with a delicate sniff of disgust. They have rallied around Winston, insisting he was entirely in the right to support his daughter against the accusations of a servant. However, the hypocrites don't want him in their homes either. They granted him a cottage to live in and limited him to three servants, one of whom is an overseer, to ensure he lives within the means of the small allowance he receives from the family estate. I wonder if he's learned anything yet. Ash made a quick prayer that she wouldn't be required to go to that cottage to give Winston warning face to face. Finally, she was free to relate what the ring had told her about Lathia's adventures, tripping the curse that freed her servants, becoming a servant of an ogre, and so unsatisfactory she had been thrown out, then falling victim to the people she had accidentally freed through her own greedy actions. Dunstan made sounds of disgust when she related how Lathia had been found by a prince. He laughed when the prince delegated the rescuing work to others. By that time, Gilbert and Myrtle and several serving boys had brought in a trestle table and set up dinner for them. She found it far easier to sit at the table with the family than she had anticipated. 
She supposed her travels and experiences had broken her of the fear the castle would crumble around them if she, a mere servant, sat in the presence of her superiors. Lord Diggory asked Gilbert to have Scholar Malchus and Friar Ipswich join them after dinner. He wanted to dictate letters to Winston and Justiciar Camwell. He needed to gather information about Marcosia and the kingdom where Lathia was now a princess to determine just how much power her prince had. He asked Hazel who she could contact to learn about the styles and strengths of magic employed by the Purple Sky and what defenses they needed to prepare. Now that I think about it, he said, when Gilbert had left on his errands, Camwell should be here in another fortnight, riding his regular circuit. How long can you stay before your duties take you away, Ashlyn? It might be good to tell him everything you've told us, face to face. No, father, Dunstan said, pausing and lifting his cup to his mouth. I can't imagine the Justiciar would want to hear any of that directly from her. And honestly, it isn't kind to Ash to make her face him again. He knew Lathia was lying from the beginning, but he pretended he was being fair to both of them just to have his fun. True, Lady Beatrice said, but this is an opportunity to teach him some badly needed humility. I need to face him. Ash held out her hand with the ring on her thumb, made to fit securely by means of yarn wrapped around the band, courtesy of Hazel. His badly done magic is at least partly responsible for the spells that have silenced my friend. I need him restored. I need him entirely freed from the Justiciar's service. You don't know if he'll be given back his voice, Hazel said. All those knotted and tangled spells are beyond me and my experience and sight. But I can detect several different signatures or scents or what have you of magic. Removing one set of knots might not loosen the others. I have to try. The ring befriended me. He gave me the warnings I gave you. You're right. And we shall stand with you when you face the Justiciar, Lord Diggory said. Ash and Hazel went to visit Granny Phlox once dinner was over. Partly that was to get Fang out of the castle, so he could escape for his night's roaming. Ash needed to escape the curious and critical and gawking former fellow servants. More important than those two reasons to flee, she needed to talk with the two women about the boys rescued from Tippacy, to share with them what she had learned about the Wave, the League of Magic users who had sacrificed themselves, and their lost children. "'And you'll be staying with me, of course,' Hazel said." after Fang had saluted them and bounced away into the darkness. They walked down the long pathway that wound around and through the various holdings and meadows and crofters' farms belonging to Castle Fairhold. They couldn't cut across the fields and through the orchards at night, and certainly not leading Ash's horse. Thank you. I was hoping to stay with either you or Granny Phlox. I had the awful feeling Lady Beatrice would feel compelled to put me into one of those guest rooms, and that's just not me. I wouldn't be able to sleep there. No one would leave you alone, for one thing. Hazel patted Ash's shoulder. You've done very well. I'm proud of you, and I hope in return I can help loosen some of those knots. It's a mercy you can even breathe. They're woven so tight around you. You can sense the magic on me? Did you sense it before? Something. Waiting. Sleeping. Vague to the point that anyone think I was going a little mad if I had mentioned it. You've blossomed, girl. 
in many different ways, she added with a chuckle. I was cursed. How's that? Hazel turned to frown at her through the moonlight-streaked shadows cast by the orchard on the right side of the path. It's a long story, but two stars have appeared on me. They were put there by enemies of my parents to block the blooming of my magic and to help them find me when my magic awoke. Philby thinks they want to either drain my magic or turn me to serve them. Hmm, makes too much sense. Another pat on Ash's shoulder. I'm sorry I didn't sense that. I could have tried to do something while the curse was weak. Do you think you can try to do something about it now? I'll try. Can't promise I'll succeed. The two boys still living with Granny Flocks were already in bed, but Ash doubted they were asleep. She thought she heard creaks and whispers coming from the loft as she and Granny and Hazel talked long into the night, but she didn't grudge the listeners. If they were also children of the League of Magic Users who had stood against the great wave of destruction, then they had a right to know. She shared her adventures, the things she had learned from Blaz and Cecil and Philby. Messages would have to be sent to the boys who had been apprenticed out, and Granny would send for the boys who were still living in or near the castle to have them come and be examined. What they would do if any of the other orphans showed signs of blocked and bound magic would be guided by what they found, how much, and how many were affected. Ash thought about traveling with a handful of boys and young men, some of whom might be brothers or cousins to her. She couldn't interpret the queasy, excited feeling churning through her. Was it good or bad? Excitement or fear? Ash went home with Hazel for the night. The hedge witch proposed making an herbal infusion to help both of them sleep. Ash had just slipped into her nightshirt when a thudding started on the cottage door. Hazel came from the kitchen, which took up half the cottage, to answer the door. She muttered something, and Ash's star twinged, indicating she had just activated some spell. Then she pulled the door open. Fang tumbled through the door, grumbling and hissing. He skidded to a stop on the flagstone floor and spun around three times before launching himself at Ash to wrap himself around her legs. His ears gestured wildly, but when he tipped his head back to look up at her, she saw something like triumph, maybe mischief, sparkling in actual gleams of green magic among the reddish tint in his eyes. That reddish tint was new. His vampiric side had strengthened. Had something happened during his roaming that had brought it out? He's excited and angry, but he did something nasty in exchange for whatever happened to him out there, she guessed. Ash silently scolded herself for not working harder to learn to interpret Fang's ear signals. She had relied on the ring far too much. The question is, Hazel said, as she shut the door with a thud, whether he accidentally ran into someone who reported him to the Bunny Council, or he deliberately sought out their attention. We at Yield Dragon Books hope you're enjoying this story, and looking forward to Ash, Fang, and the Spirit Ring's further adventures. When the Beastly Beauty ends, we'll jump to another adventure of Odessa Fremont in the Guardians of the Time Stream series, with the Blue Lotus Society. S has been a Pinkerton agent for several years now, and facing the most challenging assignment yet, as she meets up with people who know her missing grandparents, and know far more about her past than she does. After the Blue Lotus Society, we'll go on to the second book in the Stewards World series, 
the sequel to Plantwise, called The White Wolf. While you're listening to these two books, I'll be working on book three of the Enchanted Castle Archives, called The Disenchanted Prince. If you'd like your own copy of The Beastly Beauty, either in paper, ebook, or audiobook, please visit Ye Old Dragon Books or the Ye Old Dragons Library Patreon page for updates and to find out how to pre-order at a discount. We hope you enjoyed today's chapter. For more information on all the books and series featured in this podcast, or to purchase the ebook or audiobook for future reading and listening pleasure, please visit yeolddragonbooks.com. You can also find more information about our books and purchase ebooks on our Patreon page, Ye Old Dragons Library. Please consider supporting the podcast to gain access to free stories or discounts or a chance to purchase a new book in advance of release. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ye Old Dragons Library. <laughs>